The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Welcome to the Cost of Goods Told Podcast. My name is Connor. I'm a chef and media producer. I am joined, as always, <coughs> now I'm coughing, <laughs> even though you're the sick it's one. Sketching already. See. I am joined, as always, by my co-producer, Darren Lafferty, a veteran in the uh, food service industry. I like that. I'll take it. You'll take I'll it. I'll take it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep calling it that. Thank you. you know? <laughs> Eventually, I'll believe it. Right. right? Eventually, I'll believe it. Uh, today, we've got a special guest, uh, marketing director at Fogo, uh, Joey Machado. Uh, yes, thank you so much for driving in. You came all the way from Austin. <laughs> yeah, from Seguin by way of Austin, Round Rock, College Station, you name it. I drove through it today. <laughs> I hope you've made some other stops and didn't just do this podcast. Yeah, just you know, drew, so. Only for this. Yeah, only right. For this. That's it. <laughs> you flatter us, but we appreciate uh-huh. it, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. No, thank um, you for the invite. I know that we've seen you at all the different types of barbecue festivals mm-hmm. yep. with, you know, whichever company that you were with or whatnot, uh, but you are ingrained in the barbecue community, which is really cool. Um, but you also come with a background of competition cooking and, you know, uh, a, a real knowledge of barbecue. Do you mind just kind of giving us a quick background no. on, on yourself? No, no, not at all. So, uh, again, like I said, Joey Machado, uh, currently the marketing director with Fogo Charcoal Products. Uh, previously, you know, I, I had a stint. I was with B&B. So I grew B&B into what they are today. I was with them for about five, a little over five years. Um, we just kind of started going different directions. And so uh, we uh, joined uh, Fogo Charcoal this year in May, uh, directly after leaving B&B. And uh, we're going to do the same thing with this brand. We're going to grow it. And it's a high-quality product. And uh, my thing is, is no matter what we do, um, I got to believe in it. And uh, so, you know, it is a great product. And on top of that, it's great people. Yeah. And uh, that's really, really, really what I love about it is the people. That's why I'm in this industry. Um, I live in Seguin, Texas, which is just uh, east of San Antonio, in between kind of San Antonio and Austin. Um, you know, of course, I've been competing for 20 a little over 20 years now. Um, you well, know. you're only like 29. How, how, does that, how does that happen? I tell you what, sometimes I don't feel like I'm 29. <laughs> no, I'm actually, uh, I am actually, I've, oh, I do this all the time because I can't even remember how old I am, but I, I'm 48 
this year. It's a great age. Yeah. So age. <laughs> 40, 48, 49, something like that. Anyways, but yeah, I uh, have always looked a little bit younger than what I am. I don't feel it. Uh, but, you know, I try it. You still move good. No. I, that's I try. It's, no you, canes. You don't, you don't see me yeah, in the yeah. morning, though. It takes me <laughs> to get going. Um, Is your team the uh, Guadalupe Barbecue Company? Correct. Okay. So we actually uh, have been competing under that name. Uh, we actually were first Guadalupe Barbecue Zone. Don't ask me why. I just like the way that it, it kind of rolled <laughs> off the tongue. And we were kind of a party team when we first started. And uh, that, that was prior to kids and, you know, that type of deal. That, that's that's really, appropriate. Totally appropriate. That's it. I mean, we, <laughs> when I started barbecue, I thought it was a drinking competition. I didn't really <laughs> know that you're actually supposed to do something with food. Um, but it took us a little while before we kind of understood, you know, that we just didn't want to show up and hang out with our friends or we didn't want to entertain our friends the whole time. Yeah. Um, it, and we actually wanted to get in there and get serious about cooking. And uh, luckily for me, uh, my wife and, you know, now I have twins, you know, who are fixing to be 18. Uh, Ty, my son, who has become a competitive cooker as well. Uh, And then he's got a twin sister, Taya, who she has been, uh, she's actually just as involved. You Hmm. know, my wife and daughter are both involved. Uh, You know, they're at all the events we go to. Everybody knows them just as much as they know us. Um, But we've been blessed to be able to try to, you know, kind of make a transition from this little competition barbecue team, you know, who we were just like everybody else out there. You know, I have fallen into the role I am today uh, because I needed to understand how to be able to afford to do this mm-hmm. every weekend mm-hmm. and, you know, how to look for sponsors. And, you know, and that's kind of how I wound up in the role that I did. Um, and I always had a sales and marketing background, so I've sold everything. You name it, I've sold it. Uh, but right before I got into uh, barbecue uh, industry full-fledged is we actually uh, were in an oil field. Okay. And uh, so I translated my competition side into entertaining into the oil field. Okay. So started doing oil field catering, that type of deal. And uh, all of a sudden, like I said, we uh, I, I wound up working for Charcoal Company. Hmm. And uh, it was a great gig, you know, and, you know, got to be around the people that I wanted to all the time. Yeah. Didn't have to make up excuses to go to barbecue contests anymore. <laughs> you know, I had to be there, you know, to brand. And uh, so we've kind of grown into it. And again, like I said, my son kind of grew into cooking with me. I, we were always a, a, a single cook team. You know, so we had people who'd show up, but no one would actually do anything. You know, he was like, I'd buy the meat, prep the meat, you know, do everything, turn in the meat. Um, And then eventually we just got, I quit buying beer and and people quit coming, you know. (laughs) And and so that kind of rolls back to, you know, my son Ty, while we were in the oil field side of it, um, you know, I couldn't really cook that much because I was, again, continuing to try to market and try to grow, yeah. you know, my sales job that I had in the oil field. So he stepped up. And so I got tied to go, hey, you know, you're coming to this this uh, API. They have this uh, American Petroleum Institute thing, uh, which they have these organizations all over the place where they raise money uh, for scholarship programs in the oil field for oil field kids. And uh, Ty, I think, was he was 11 years old. And I started running some of these events. They'd have fishing tournaments and ropings and all that kind of crazy stuff. And... So I just told Ty one day, I was like, hey, man, you're coming to come cook this weekend, you know. Yeah. And I had bought a, uh, a Yoder a 640 pellet cooker, 
um, and with the intention of I would drag this trailer around and I would go cook for customers, you know, on site. And I said, the pellet cooker, you know, I just cook overnight while I was in the hotel and right, right, be right. done with it. So I had this cooker. I basically got Ty. He understood everything except how to manage the fire. So I said, pellet cooker, simple thing. Takes you know, away the fire aspect, right? Get it going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, um, I didn't really have high expectations. I just wanted someone to represent our company. And Ty started winning. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so as soon as that kind of started happening, um, you know, we started getting a little bit more cloud about it, you know, and proud dad, you know, we were posting about it and that sure. type of deal. And we actually had um, Yoder smokers had actually reached out to us, said, hey, it's pretty cool. You got a young kid cooking on this deal. And Yoder, they're like one of those companies, they don't sponsor nobody, you know, and, you know, they may say, you ask them for permission to be able to put their decal on your trailer. Right. That's kind of the sponsorship that you get from them. And then all of a sudden, they were, like, really cool with it. And then, you know, they went ahead and they they sponsored Ty. And uh, so then all of a sudden, Ty had a little deal where, you know, he had Food Network. He fell into a deal with Food Network, and um, he would they had the kids' uh, barbecue championship hmm. season one. And then we kind of fell into that deal. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're in California filming this show with Eddie Jackson and Camilla Alves, who is uh, Matthew McConaughey's wife. You know, we wind up going out to California to go do this little show and uh, not really knowing anything about what it was. Yeah. We had friends who did shows like Ernest Cervantes and a couple other ones who did some Food Network shows. And so it was like, oh, yeah, man, you know, you're just going to be out there a couple days and they'll fly you home. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And we went out there, and once we got there, they sat us down and go, hey, you're going to be here for uh, potentially three to four weeks. Oh. And we we didn't know because we only got open-ended tickets to go. Okay. And so what they did was they basically had one week to where they trained the kids how to cook, and then they went from there, and then they did elimination rounds you know, all the way to the end. And uh, so anyway, so we got there, and... And Ty wound up understanding that, you know, he wound up teaching other kids how to cook. Hmm. Now, he was the only one. There was one other kid there who kind of had a background. But other than that, you know, everybody else was just kind of green. They were just cute on TV. (laughs) And um, so... Was it all barbecue-oriented? It was all barbecue-oriented. But unfortunately, because that time of the year, it was right before Christmas, and it was windy, and they were filming on a vineyard, and, you know... (laughs) They, they couldn't do live fires and, you know, stuff like that. So, anyways, long story short, the kids wound up cooking more on gas grills than they ever did, ever. Ty didn't even, we didn't even own a gas grill. Right. So, he didn't understand, you know, that type of deal, but we made it work. But, anyway, so getting back to kind of where we were, I had the opportunity to meet somebody on that show who was Leslie Rourke Scott. Leslie Rourke Scott actually has been on pitmasters and all kinds of stuff she's been on numerous shows um and that started a little relationship between us two is is being friends in what we started our barbecue family sure so her son and my son her son jacob and my son ty started you know kind of keeping in contact after the show and everything else and and regardless neither ty or jacob won but we made it really, really far in the show. You won in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. Yeah. We mm-hmm. won in a bigger, way bigger picture. Um, so as we left that show, 
you know, like a week later, all of a sudden we start getting calls from, you know, this lady that we met on the show. And she's like, hey, you know, we do these barbecue festivals and, uh, you know, we'd love for y'all to come out down here. And so it happened to be Q and the Lou uh, was like the first festival. Okay. And um, so we had, there was another festival before that, but we are like, didn't know for sure if we really wanted to go do it or whatever. But Q and the Lou, I was like, we got time, let's go do this. And Ty and I actually, we jumped in the car and we literally drove, you know, 14 hours straight to get there, you know, to go to hang St. Out. Louis. Yeah. So, to, yeah. <laughs> to go hang out at this barbecue festival. And that was the first introduction I had to where not only did I hang out with <clears throat> Leslie, but that was the first time I met Mo Kaysan. Hmm. That was the first time that I met Brad and Brooke Orson, um, you know, uh, Carrie Bringle. Um, you're talking about all these great it's legends of barbecue, okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Ty's there cooking with, you know, cooking with these guys. You know, he they this group that it's called Ubon's Barbecue out of Yazoo City, Mississippi. That's who Leslie's uh, father. Uh, he started that play that uh, that deal, and he's an icon in barbecue. And so that was kind of our first little introduction into this industry of yeah. barbecue. Yeah. And so after that. I kind of thought about it a little bit and go, you know what? I kind of like this industry and I like these people. And I started to try to figure out how can I make this full-time gig? Right. You know, I, this is where I want to be. And get paid. And get paid. <laughs> and uh, so It was already was, a full-time gig. Exactly. You, you were just killing right. beers at exactly. that point. <laughs> exactly. So this is, you know, this is kind of how this whole thing transitioned into where I am today is there's several little things that happened that allowed us to meet the right people and to be understood, you know, and everything else. Yeah. So from that point, um, I came home from Kundalu. Um, I started reaching out to uh, a couple of our sponsors that we had and who I knew didn't have a true marketing company or whatever. And at that time, when I came back, uh, B&B Charcoal was one of our sponsors. And I, I had begged and pleaded to be able to get that, you know, and... Um, Word on the street was is you know Western uh, Western Wood Products uh, was actually they were selling out to Duraflame at the time, mm. and so Western used to be like the number one player in in the competition world. Really, you know, and it was like if you went to a big comp, Western rolled in with a huge rig and they had <laughs> fire pits and you know and if you didn't have an in, you couldn't get into their party, you know, or get a koozie or get a cap or right. anything like that. Right. And we happened to know a few people who, who knew uh, Ryan and his dad, who actually owned Western at the time. Um, and uh, so I kind of had a little inside information on what was happening. So I had reached out to B&B, and I knew that they were just a little, uh, basically they were just a little podunk little company, you know. <laughs> and uh, we kind of talked a little bit, and, you know, and I told them, I was like, hey, you know, this is, I've been in, the, in sales marketing forever. Um, you know, I think that there's a huge, huge opportunity for you coming around the corner. And uh, so we kind of started going back and forth. Uh, it, it, really, I worked for them for almost a year unpaid, really? where I was just going and doing trade shows mm -hmm. and just and becoming kind of a super influencer for them going to these barbecue events and, you know, yeah. branding and, you know. And like a brand ambassador. Exactly. <laughs> but going like way beyond, you know, I mean, I would have the whole display of products and, you know, the whole deal. And 
So once we kind of started doing that and we started getting more and more exposure, and I then I got to sit in front of those academy buyers mm-hmm. and the you know Walmart buyers and the and really understand what they're looking H-E-B for and all exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not that they're and, major, but yeah, yeah, but you're in there. No, no, it, it. I mean, it was huge. It was a huge stepping stone. And so once that kind of happened, um, one of the biggest events once I got on payroll. Uh, one of the biggest events that came around was this NBBQA. It was National Barbecue Association. At that time, the meetings were like back-to-back in Dallas for like three or four years. And um, so the event was in Dallas. Uh, I had kind of reached out because I was in marketing mode. Anything barbecue-related, I was just trying to you know, figure out how can I get my foot in that door somewhere. Right. And um, so NBBQA was this event that was relatively close. I called them. I didn't really know anybody in the organization, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm a charcoal wood company. Cold, cold um, call. Nothing wrong exactly. with good old cold call, right?" I said, "You know, <laughs> y'all have this night. It's called Night of Fire. You know, I don't really know what you do, but you know, can you tell me about it?" And they told me, "They go, oh yeah, we have all these pitmasters come in, and you know, and we do all this." I was like, "Okay." I said, "So what do y'all do for fuel?" And they said, "Well, we just buy it." I was like, "Okay." I said, "If I would bring it to you for free." Could I have branding there? And they're like, yeah, definitely. Come on in. <laughs> and so I just showed up with like a trailer full of everything. And at that time, you know, Kingsford was, you know, one of the, they were one of their sponsors. And you had Weber was one of their sponsors. And, mm-hmm. you know, you had all these companies, you know, uh, who were already involved. And then here I come. Nobody knew me from nobody. Right. And uh, I just show up my trailer and I just start <laughs> unloading. And people didn't know if I was you know, the hired hand or, you know, what I was doing. <laughs> Coming or going. And so got there, unloaded, um, you know, got everything kind of set up. You know, I made it into what I thought it should look like. Yeah. Um, and then uh, started meeting people. And then before I knew it, I turned around and, oh, hey, there's Mo Kaysan, who I just had met. Yeah. You know, at Kuhn Lou And, oh, and Brad and Brooke. Oh, and Brad's mom happens to be president of NBBQA. Mm. And, you know, so then all these things, these little things started clicking. And um, I've always been a guy who, it doesn't matter what it is or if it's mine or if it's not mine. If it looks like it needs to be done, usually go do it. Okay. You know, and I don't care, you know, what, you know, what it is. If I see that there's a need or, you know, if there's a piece of trash right there and I walk past it twice and it's still there, I'm going to pick it up. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it doesn't matter. You know, like I said, I've always been that type of person. And I think a lot of people have seen me kind of doing that. You know, they're used to me going, you know, they're, they're in one minute I'm head to toe covered in charcoal dust, you know, and I'll run to the hotel and go get cleaned up and come back to the event or whatever. Yeah. And everyone understands that, you know, I'm not that guy who just shows up, you know, and, you know, I don't have people for that. Yeah. You know, I'm not used to that. You're a you doer. Know? Exactly. Yeah. I'm a doer, and I, I just make it happen. And I was always used to having shoestring budgets, mm-hmm. you know, especially starting with this company because they had no marketing before. And um, so we never really talked budget. We really never knew what we could or couldn't do. Yeah. But I kept kind of getting into all these little things. You know, it was NBBQA was the first one. And then I started going, hey, you know, if I come with you to these festivals, uh, you know, can I bring product? Yeah. Yeah. So we would go to the festival. I, we would actually work with uh, uh, Leslie with her with their group with Ubon's Barbecue. Um, 
and they had actually been sponsored by Royal Oak forever. <laughs> but I would go take product. I'd still be in my B and B stuff, <laughs> of course. Um, but I would have every other cook there cooking with B and B products. Yeah, you know. And then, um, it, it like I said, it just kind of transitioned. And then all of a sudden, I had these promoters going, "Hey, you know, we saw your product over there. You know, are you interested in you know coming over here?" And so I think the first year, you know, we had like 25, 30 events that we went to. Mm-hmm. But it was literally jumping in the truck and just going. So every other week you were you know, loading up, heading somewhere. We and and there was probably half of those we did not have permission to go to. We just showed up, yeah. You know, and we just went in on load-in days, and you know, and I somebody would be in front of me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm with them, you know, and <laughs> I just kind of cruise in there, and I'd start finding somebody with a forklift to start unloading stuff, yeah. And, uh, you know, that year we went to Q and the Lou, we went to Windy City Smokeout, we went to um, uh, the uh, uh, New York City Block Party, um, we went to uh, uh, Texas Monthly, um, I mean, it just, you name it, we went there. Uh, the Jack. The most important ones were you needed to be seen and you needed to see other people. Exactly. Is that right? So in that same year, uh, we took the brand to Memphis in May for the first time, and um, that was the first time the brand had really ever been across mm-hmm. Texas border, mm-hmm. you know, in a in a bigger sense. And you know, and it was kind of one of my prides, you know, to be able to you know to grow. But at the same time, the relationships that we we grew along the way you know, far outweigh anything else that we've done. So what's the difference between, and now, so we've learned a lot about you as a person. Mm-hmm. You're a hustler. You're a doer. Yep. You don't wait to be told to do something. You do it. I ask for forgiveness. Yeah, you ask for <laughs> forgiveness later. Let's right. just do it. And we'll, if, we, if we hurt somebody's feelings, mm-hmm. we'll, can, we'll apologize. Exactly. But what's the difference between a Kingsford, a, a, a some other black charcoal that I grew up with. I'm 48 Correct. also, right? Yep. You put yep. it in your old smoky. Yep. You throw some lighter fluid on it, you walk away, it's a little cube. Yep. What's it between that and premium lump yep. charcoal, which you guys represent, yep, yep. right? So, Without uh, getting too scientific, because no, I'm not very smart. And it's, <laughs> it is pretty simple. You know, uh, we all kind of know the story of, of Kingsford. We, we've all seen our, our dads and grandpas and yep. great-grandpas lugging around a blue and white bag. Guilty. You know? yeah, guilty. And, uh, and that was the deal, is everybody grew up with that product. And, you know, a lot of people don't know really what it derived from you know kingsford was actually where the ford henry ford side of it you know they were actually the ones who who had this bright idea of how to get rid of all this extra junk that was left over out of their plants when they were building these cars because <laughs> then you know they were using wood yeah they were using plastics they were using rubbers they were using all kinds of stuff composites uh to be able to build these cars so uh, one day, they just somebody came up with a bright idea to squish these things into a briquette and uh, sell it to people to go cook instead of going to go chop firewood down. Yeah. Because again, people started getting busy and they started having sure. real jobs and they didn't have, you know, they couldn't mm-hmm. go out to, you know, nobody had ranches like that anymore. You know, where they go cut wood and you know that mm-hmm. type of deal. It started to become a, a creature of, of of convenience, I guess. Yeah. And I think at the same time, I think they were the same ones who actually made a commercial barbecue pit mm. to go hand in hand with that that product. So again, you know, like I said, it's what I try to tell people <clears throat> is there's no right way or wrong way to do this. Um, you know, Wagyu did not exist 
in a grocery store five years ago. Right. You know, not in the U.S. anyway. But right. it, it exists today. We won't tell everybody that's not really wagon. But anyways. Uh, There's a small disclaimer at the bottom exactly, of that. Exactly. Right? Read the fine print. Right. But at the, you know, at the same time, the quality of beef is, we're going to say, better today. We, that's very arguable mm-hmm. because, again, you know, we grew up. It's so subjective. The first right. ribeye that we ever said was a great ribeye had an eye that big on it. Yeah. And it didn't have any spinalis. Yeah. Now we've gotten to where everything's flipped and we're looking for that much spinalis and that much eye. Right. You know, but again, more education. But that's where the internet has come in and, and it's all helped us all. Yeah. You know, no matter what you do, if it's barbecue or plumbing or whatever, car maintenance, whatever, uh, how any business survives today, I, I don't have any clue because you can actually go on YouTube and you figure it out <coughs> right. in like two minutes. Right. Uh, but anyways, but like I said, uh, now what's happening is people are being more, they're more wary about what they're putting in their bodies, mm-hmm. period. So, you know, you can have a natural briquette now, which is made out of 100% charcoal dust that would be hickory or mesquite or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nobody really knows you know (laughs) but it's all we know is if you take a kingsford briquette and you take a natural briquette and you burn the same one one's going to have a bigger pile of ash than the other one and why is that because one's got other stuff in it besides just charcoal dust yeah um so majority of your charcoal briquettes today will have Anywhere between a, a seven to fifteen percent natural starch binder, whether you know it's just whatever starch you you can possibly think right, of, right. a tapioca, you know whatever. That's what they use to do do a binder, you know. So, so they so take, the binders have to be food grade then. Yes. Okay. It's supposed to be. All right. But again, like I said, it only affects the products that are made in the United States. Gotcha. Mm. So we have lots of other products that come in from overseas or come from south of the border or whatever. Uh, you know, those products, uh, there's so many labels right now, but there's very few manufacturers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, our friend, or both of our friends right now uh, with Texas Premium Charcoal, for example, he's like one of the only guys who's making charcoal, huh. you know, that was he was making charcoal here in Texas. Uh, but again, like I said, no matter, you've got to look at all those bags pretty, pretty sure. good. The product that we sell today all comes from South America okay, or South. <clears throat> um, but to be real honest, a uh, majority of the product that you buy today, except for Royal Oak products, they all come from South America as well. Mm. You know, the only p- difference between what Fogo charcoal product is today, opposed to any other premium charcoal that you have, is... The screening process that we go through to put the product in the bag. So we have three different bag sizes on our premium charcoal products, which is an oak lump, and it's a blend. So okay. there's not enough of a red oak or a white oak or anything to make it one particular oak species. It's just an oak blend. Um, in that particular product, in each bag that's represented, we have an 8-pound, a 17.6-pound, and then it goes up to a 25-pound bag. Um the smaller the bag, the smaller the lump. Oh, okay. And it's our Makes small sense. bag, which is our 8.8 pound, is what I call our briquette alternative. Is that home use? Like it's, non-commercial, non-comp, yeah, non... Yeah, it's, it, honestly, it's turned into my favorite charcoal. 
whether I'm running in my old hickory or if I'm running in my, you know, my old hickory is basically like a, it's a backyard commercial smoker, okay. you know, type of deal. Uh, you know, but I run offset cookers. I run drums. I've got PK grills. I've got M grills. You name it, we've got them all. And those things, that small lump, because it's very small, it's uniform, um, it stacks really nicely. Um it actually is just as consistent as any briquette that you could put out there. Hmm. But as you move up the chain, you know, we have a medium-sized bag that's going to give you a medium-sized lump. It's pretty traditional. Hold that thought. Go ahead. Hold that. We're going to take a break real quick. Yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. We'll do a sponsor, and then we'll jump back into the yep. medium. So we talked about the small. We'll jump back into the medium. So anyway, sure. we'll, we'll edit that out. But Perfect. So stick around. We're going to take a break real quick to hear from our sponsors, Duke Premium Meats, Zero Point Organics, and Bernie Hot Sauce. Be right back. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Criswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Welcome back to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. Um, Joey, I just want to say one thing. Um, as you've talked about different products, whether it's B&B charcoal, Fogo charcoal, Kingsford charcoal, you haven't dogged any single one of them. No. I think it's kind of like craft barbecue. Yep. I could say I like Harlem Road barbecue without putting down a, you know, Blood Brothers barbecue or Fijis barbecue or anything along Correct. those lines. These different guys, characteristics, yeah. Different characteristics. Yeah. They they serve a different purpose at, at, exactly. at you know at different times of my what my stomach's craving. You know that sort yep. of thing. And it seems like that has translated into how you're approaching any product because yeah. i mean you talk about the green egg you talk about you know the weber grills and, and so forth while green egg has its own charcoal there's correct. you know you you don't say hey you can't use that correct you know with fogo being fogo it's going to need the assistance of other products like whether it's a bnb sticker you know stick correct, correct. uh to to get it going and so yeah, forth. yeah no, no no and what we what i kind of tell people is now that you know I've gone to Fogo Charcoal and uh, a we're a smaller company, b we are a craft charcoal. To be real honest, if you want to compare it to anything, that would be what we would compare it to. Mm -hmm. uh, is this charcoal for everybody? No, it's going to be you know like I said, there's going to be a select group of people who will never ever buy this charcoal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it might be those guys who like to go buy. You know, two bags for nine bucks on Memorial Day. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. You know, the nice thing is, is I know every single person that I know who cooks can cook on anything with anything at any time. Right. That's what's the nice thing about being a cook is it's to be able to be creative with everything that you do and to be able to use what you got. I've always been one of those guys, you know, a sales guy, 
sell what you got, don't sell what you don't yeah. got, you know, type of thing. You know, make it work in any situation that you're at. Now, where I am today is I've been lucky enough to be, to have my hands on every fuel source out there, whether it's briquette, logs, extruded products, pellets, mm. you name it, I've burned it. You know, <laughs> I've got my wife, you know, every time that I go out, you know, come home with a new pit. Uh, I have a storage unit full of pits right now. Um, you know, the how thing big is, is that storage unit? Yeah, it's big. <laughs> is it so, full? Is it full yet? There's a couple of units. If I'll, I'll just put it. Oh. So, um, but we can help you with that. Exactly. We can help you unload exactly. some of we those. Have, luckily, you got the truck right there. Yeah, absolutely, you know? <laughs> and the trailer. Luckily for me, there's uh, a couple of my guys who are kind of local, who are some of my brand ambassadors. Um, they have the combos to those storage units. Right. And it's kind of open-door deal. You know, if they need it, go get it. Yeah. Um, you know, we definitely uh, put different stuff in rotation. Uh, we give people opportunity. You know, if somebody in our area wants to cook on something that's not readily available to them, you know, it. it you know, it, you can look at a bottle all day long, but once you have that taste, that'll justify spending a hundred bucks on it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. You yeah. know, and uh, I like to do that. We've had, we've made relationships with dang near every pit maker and, you know, whether they're customer retail side, whatever. Um, but kind of getting back to the charcoal side of it is, um, you know, I believe today, you know, I've been able to, to play with every fuel that's out there. The fuel that we're dealing with today with Fogo charcoal is uh, very unique in the aspect of uh, I have I'm able to open a bag every single bag. There's very little dust, and if people know me, how much I travel up and down the road, it doesn't matter how long that bag's been in the trailer. Uh, super agitated over hundreds yeah, of miles. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's just nuts. You know, there's low dust. Um, the all the pieces are very very similar. Uh, it starts up really easily. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, just you know that crazy kind of off-putting little smoke that you get started sometimes not a lot of popping um you know not going to say it's ever not going to be a little bit in there but it's not going to have a a fire show you know every time that you're lighting it up whether you're using a torch or not um but the product's just a great product and again uh, this past weekend we actually uh, cooked for uh, a an event um for our kids, they're graduating, so they have project graduation, you mm-hmm. know. So our friends over at Embryos, uh, Travis, uh, who's got Embryos, Travis McGee, um, he's built this new commercial cooker, um, which is just a monster. And um, so anyway, so I saw the opportunity of, of uh, you know, putting that cooker through its paces this past weekend. He's been burning nothing but sticks in it. Um, I wanted to burn lump coal in it, and I wanted to see what the difference was. And... Uh, I burned it, uh, you know, I burned a couple of different varieties that we had, and guess what? At the end of the day, I wound up using the smallest lump that we have that had that held temperature longer, that, you know, ran more consistently. Um, you know, it put me in like six and a half hours, you know, in between, uh, you know, having to put any more fuel in it. Wow. <laughs> and um, and that's, that's kind of nuts, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you ran to, into a larger charcoal, um, and it's all got its place and purpose. But what I've found is that same charcoal I use for in my M grills, again, the M16s and what we're using for a dedicated steak cooking grill, so a direct grill that would be very similar to Weber or PK. Uh, 
that charcoal will get extremely hot extremely quickly. Um, you know, you can use a bigger lump, but it's going to take more time. And then guess what? By the time you get done cooking, you're going to have lots of coal left over that you're going to have to get rid of. Right. <laughs> you know, so now this little bag makes the most sense. Fogo is not known for small charcoal. It's known for large charcoal. And the guys with big green eggs and, you know, and those ceramic cookers, that's been the customer base. And that's the guys who really appreciated the product. Now, when you put that bigger lump in a bigger egg like that, it does well. You know, they're super efficient pits, so you can really dial them in to, you know, to get you that long cook. Green egg guys like to load it one time (laughs) in the month, you know, and they're going to use that same pile of charcoal for the whole month, hmm. you know, and you know, and you literally can do that so, with this charcoal. So for the non, I got a pricing question. Yep. For the novice, for the yep. rookie like yep, me, yep. for the non-competition, the guy who goes and picks it up from wherever, is it two part, two part mm-hmm, question. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between Kingsford, Royal Oak, whatever's on the shelf, and Fogo? Yes. Is there a difference in price? Yes, there is. And is that price equated with? Mm-hmm the burn cost per hour meaning yep. you just bought a small bag it's going to last you six hours right correct i don't know what a small bag of whatever mm-hmm. the, the competition would run but is that is that a, a good way to to price it out oh yeah for sure for sure it's kind of like as opposed to doing like weight or something yeah. it's right like, when you trim exactly. a brisket right when yeah. you trim a brisket your cost <laughs> exactly. is completely different than no, when no, you no, didn't 100%. trim a brisket so is that 100%. is that the best way to do that yeah and i i've told people you know, in the past, you know, again, you, you go back to that analogy of people buying charcoal on Memorial Day. There's a reason there's two bags there, you know, because you're going to need both of them. Yeah. You know, and that's just that's just the nature of the beast. You know, uh, when you go to a more inexpensive product. There's more uh, filler. There's more things like exactly, that. Exactly. There's more filler in there. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, it, I hate to. You use the tapioca starch. Yeah, like example earlier. Yeah. Now, now I'm thinking like the expensive stuff, the yeah, inexpensive yeah. product. Exactly. Just have tapioca pudding. That's what you're getting anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that you know. Again, you know, there's a reason why you know that you have Macy's and you got a dollar store. Yeah. You know, you can kind of buy. That's the a same, big swing right there. You, you can buy the same stuff. Yeah. At both stores, kind of. You know, but you know, at the end of the day. You know, don't expect too much from the stuff that's coming from dollar store. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, again, you know, I never wanted to be associated with a company that I didn't want to be available on every corner. We wanted to create something that was special. Demand. Yeah. And we wanted something that was, you know, a unique product that people could appreciate. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to put a great product in people's hands gotcha. mm-hmm. you know again I, I just didn't want to give run-of-the-mill stuff you don't call it a craft charcoal you call it a premium charcoal it's, it's a premium it's a premium lump okay you know and I mean there are guys you know who actually make their own charcoal at home you know mm-hmm. they put stuff in in you know you can do it like in a trash can and, mm-hmm. and put the trash can in a fire type of deal and create this charcoal you know and that's awesome but I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to spend like way more than you're going to ever spend on, you know, on this charcoal. And again, getting back to pricing, um, you know, there are several charcoals that that are falling to the same realm of where we're at. You know, you have Jealous Devil, you have Sugar Creek, you got Green Mountain. You, I mean, uh, not Green Mountain. You've got uh, Green Egg. You got Kamado Joe Big Block. You've got you know all these type of stuff. You know, half of those are all made from in the states. Uh, the other ones come 
from down south. You know, a lot of them use, uh, you know, they'll use like Quebracho Blanco or something like that from way, way down south. Down south, Mexico? Well, that actually comes from South America. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of charcoal that comes out of Mexico. There's a lot of charcoal plants in Mexico. Hmm. So uh, if you could imagine, you know, charcoal, um, there's several grades of charcoal. Sure. So you have an A grade that becomes a premium charcoal. You have a B grade that's kind of gets mixed in with everyone else to kind of make a mediocre charcoal, and then you get one that's like super low. And, and usually that stuff never makes it out of Mexico. Okay. So that stays local. They export all the good stuff, gotcha. you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny because we have a, a, a huge market. I've got a lot of friends, you know, who are down there in Mexico with S&P and, you know, a lot of those. The barbecue's huge in Mexico right now. And those guys, you know, even on some of the product that we made in Monterey, shipped over here to Academy, and those guys come into Academy – and go take it back to Monterey, you know, because they can't buy it locally. Right. You know, and and that sucks for them. And it's nuts. That they export everything. Exactly. You know, and, uh, and again, those guys want high quality stuff. You see the same thing in Europe. You know, they want a high end product. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and again, like I said, where we're at today is, is I feel like the charcoal company that I'm involved with today, Fogo Charcoal, is, is going to be the most premium charcoal product you can buy. We also do. Besides that oak blend that we're doing right now, so we do do a quebracho uh, blanco. So the quebracho blanco is a, a, it's almost like an iron wood. So it's a very, very dense wood. Hmm. Um, everything that we do is controlled kilns. So we're not just digging holes in the ground and throwing wood in there and dousing it with diesel and carbonizing and then putting it out. We're actually putting it into real controlled kilns that you actually... Uh, can control what's happening in there. Okay. So most of the wood that goes in is going to be green. And then once it's green, goes through the carbonization process. Uh, once it gets to a certain consistency, it's extinguished. And when we say extinguished, it just, it just uh, they take the oxygen out. Mm-hmm. So they're not wetting it or anything like that. Gotcha. So once that comes out, it's all extracted from the kilns. So some of the kilns that you may see out in the industries are as simple as a hole dug in the ground that they'll just load full of wood and then they just literally just light it on fire and then whenever it's done they'll 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 put it out and then they load it all up throw it on a truck and they'll ship it to wherever they're going to go package it at and um and then from that point it gets packaged then it comes over over the state lines or it comes into the united states now the kilns that we have is actually uh, you're not going to find any trash in there. So there's not going to be any nails or two-by-fours or, you know, pallets <laughs> or, you know, pallet straps or, you know, whatever. Um, we went through that for a long time, you know, where it was a lot of excuses all the time. And, oh, sorry, you found that in there. Oh, I, you found a hammer in there. What? <laughs> you know? We need so, that. <laughs> and it's kind of one of those things that, you know, once I kind of understood a little bit better of, of how this happens, the one thing that people have to understand, especially with lump charcoal, it doesn't matter if it's the best one or the most inexpensive one, there's a lot of hands who touch it. Hmm. So it is a, it's a very, very labor-intensive project. Mm-hmm. It's all old school. There is not a automated way to do this. Um, <clears throat> so people actually, at the end of the day, 
are literally covered head to toe. I mean, they look like they come come out of a coal mine. Can you I mean, can you talk? Can, so I so I don't know anything about this. Yep. Right. But what I'm I think what I'm interested in is I first of all I didn't know that they burn wood. Yep. To then extinguish the wood mm-hmm. to the you know to, what. So they burn wood. Is it a particular kind of wood? Is it any kind of wood? Is it oak wood? Is it red? Is it walnut? Is it mesquite? It's, I mean, it de- it depends on what it's going to be labeled as. Okay. So sometimes it's a hundred percent of a particular species. Okay. Right. I think I saw y'all had like a eucalyptus one or something yep. like so that. So we like, actually like, Holy we do. Cow. <laughs> we have a eucalyptus. We've got a um, the cabracho blanco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they were doing a, they were doing one that was coming out of Cuba, but we we physically weren't doing that. We're actually buying that from someone else, and we're just packaging it. Um, that's become a, a nightmare of, upon itself because now there's there's been some crazy stuff happening with that. So that's a product we're probably not going to carry continue to carry anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the, it, go ahead. No, I was going to say so they they like this wood. And at some point they realize okay we need to put this out. Well, I guess they're adding it's things to it. It's literally so they actually like dig a hole in the ground and, and uh, fill it full of wood. Yeah. And they'll use some type of accelerant to start it. Okay. And it's a smoldering fire. So they actually will cover it up with tin. I mean, you can go on YouTube. There's tons of videos. Okay. You if you this. Google how to make charcoal, mm-hmm. it's weird that the second part of that on the on the Google thing is like how to make charcoal in Minecraft. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. I was like, get the heck out of here! Yeah, like yeah. in this in this video. So they let it burn down to a certain lump yep. size. So, for example, in in Mexico, for example, uh, there are families who have been what they call carabineros for generations and generations. That's what they do. That's, That's what all they've done: clear the land. Burn it down to charcoal and go from there. Hmm. Uh, charcoal originally was used for a lot of other purposes rather than burning. Right. So I mean, they use it to cure like old chain link fence. Hmm. Uh, you know, they use it to you know almost like graphite mm-hmm. properties. Um, so there's always been industrial uses for that, and of course to burn the furnaces and you mm-hmm. know and everything right, right. else. Uh, opposed from just sticking wood in there, right. uh, you know, it became the alternative to coal. And um, so again, like you said, you know, once they do that and they let these these pits smolder, um, they're actually going in and they have like a stove top that comes out of them. Right. And once it's it's like watching a fire. Once it burns, starts to burn clean. Yeah. You're done. Extinguish it. And it then they extinguish it and they let it go and they let it sit for a couple of days and then. All of a sudden, they'll you know they'll go out there and they'll um, you know dig it all out and go. Very cool. There's not a big reserve on charcoal, um, yeah. so there is. It's always constantly being produced, no matter who's making it. So you'll notice trends. You know, if you have a heavy rainy season, you will notice that there will not be some lumps available hmm. at some times. Yeah. Uh, because again, it, it's you know everything, almost everything is coming in from overseas. Okay. And um, so when that's happening, you know, again, you're going through these little little time frames that you know it's it's like wood. You know, we get rainy season, you're not going to be able to find any wood around yeah, anywhere. Right. You know. Go so ahead. speaking of the process and so forth, and we can edit this out yep. if, if need be. But we talk to a lot of pitmasters, mm-hmm. and they talk about their their footprint on the beef industry and so forth. Correct. 
would you mind talking about the footprint that making charcoal? Because I think I think what I read was it was like ninety five pounds of wood turns into like fifteen about fifteen pounds of charcoal or something along those lines. That's a good version. That, that, yeah. About you know I mean this is Correct. this is googling again, but that not to I mean we were just at Correct. the at the Houston or the Texas Monthly Festival and we, right. you know not to be PETA or anything like that, Correct. but like. It, I was wondering where you got the hat from. I know, right? <laughs> um, but what, you know, like how, how does Fogo approach that? You know, uh, because that is probably something, sure. I mean, it's not like we're worried about like gluten-free and da 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 but like this would be something that could have so, a huge impact. So basically, uh, Fogo's approach is this. <clears throat> the oak product that we produce, we actually have hands-on on that particular product. Mm -hmm. So we actually work with coffee plantations. So coffee plantations, um, actually, it's controlled by either sun or shade, one of the two. So it depends on the variety of, of coffee bean of what it needs. So what happens in these places is they're constantly up and down the mountain trimming trees and replanting trees and all this other stuff. And so majority of the woods that we get all come from there. So the kilns that we have are on the coffee plantations. Gotcha. So that's where it's That's going to be yeah. too. Right. And so, and again, the, the family who owns this, because this is a family-owned company, mm -hmm. uh, the Sudianos actually are El Salvadorian. So our main office is in El Salvador. And so we have control over that. So we've got the parents, the sons, the daughters, the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, they all work for the company. And everyone plays a part in this. Mm -hmm. So, and actually the guys who do the Q&A, I mean, the, the, well, the quality control problem, not the Q&A. QC. <laughs> they do, they are 100% hands-on <coughs> on this product. So when they started doing the packaging on this stuff, um, the initial thing was is this company, at, at one time, they, they actually did, uh, they were the ones who provided Kamado Joe with all their charcoal. Okay. That's, that's how they got their start. Mm -hmm. And then after that, uh, Kamado Joe decided they were going to kind of go and do their own thing, you know, type of deal, uh, make it bigger, better, faster, you know, cheaper type of thing. And uh, they went ahead and, and just continued to go the direction they were going. They said, hey, we got a great product. You know, why do we need to change? You know, let's just create our own brand and let's just, you know, continue to sell. And it just kind of, everything kind of fell into place and they're, they're making it work. Well, granted, there's lots of family that needs to be fed off of this thing. So they need to make a great product. It's got a great, uh, it's got a great margin, basically. So the concept right now with Fogo is they don't want to be in ten thousand stores. They want to be in one thousand stores and doing the best possible product sure. mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. So will this ever be a product that'll be in Walmart or Academy or Bucky's? Maybe, but it's going to be like way, way down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, the focus is going to be always doing the best possible product out there. You know, again, you can buy a Hyundai, you know, but if you can afford a Maserati, <laughs> why not? You know, but again, like you I buy said, buy a kid a Hyundai. And, and, and that's the thing is, is we understand that not everyone can justify going and spending, you know, $20, $25, $30 on a bag of charcoal all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, it's proof in the pudding type of thing. People won't ever understand what the product is until they use it. Gotcha. Um, the new product that we have right now, which isn't new, it's just that little 8.8 .8 pound bag, 
that's a great entry-level product. You're going to be in the $10 range of, of charcoal. It was funny because... Yeah, but you're going to get six hours out of the out of Oh, yeah. Time, it's right? it's <laughs> going to be a ridiculous amount of time that you get out of it. Yeah. And it, it was funny because about four years ago, when I was with the previous company, um, you know, we would go to New York every year for the New York block party. And I would go buy all these food carts. And every food cart had this bag of charcoal sitting in it at every every uh, food cart. And I made it like one of my goals is I was like, I want to be that bag. You know, I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take my that current product that I had and I said, I'm going to figure out how to put my bag there, everyone, because that's like stupid branding, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we could put the tent and, you know, we, they could have the umbrella and it would just be ridiculous because <laughs> I wasn't concerned with, the cus- with a customer base in New York. I was concerned with the millions of people who go to New York. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the big picture thing is I wanted to see that guy from Texas going, hey, I know that brand, mm-hmm. you know. And when yeah. he goes home, he goes, it's good enough for them. It's good enough for me type of thing. And once I came back to Fogo and, and you know, we, we finally signed the deal and made all this happen is, you know, I had to pull uh, Sebastian, who's the uh, president right now, uh, had to pull him aside and go, you know what? I said, you know, you spent all this time in New York and that bag that was sitting at each one of those food carts was Fogo. And it was, you know, and that was it. I said, I was trying to be, I was trying to knock you out of there. Hmm. You know, I said, but now I understand why they kept it there and they wouldn't do anything else, especially when there's all these other inexpensive products out there. Sure. And it's because they got the longest burn out of this little charcoal grill that they would have on their pit. And it was low smoke and it was low ash and it was low everything. So... In the big scheme of things, you know, when I look at it full circle, I was like, man, those guys are, you know, pretty smart because they could be buying a subpar product that they could be going through three or four bags a day. Right. Instead, they, and that's why I couldn't figure it out. They all have just one little bag. What's up with that? (laughs) But again, like I said, I think that. um, So bigger is not always better. Exactly. You know, I know it's debatable, (laughs) you know, but again, there's a time and a place. Yeah. You know, and like I said, for every situation, and and I think that we have a product that will serve every purpose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're here in Houston today. Um, So for us, you know, for guys who are in the Houston area, you know, we have guys like uh, the uh, Texas Star. You know, our focus is going to be in, in premium retail outlets. You know, so we want to take care of those specialty customers. Mm-hmm. But I'm also kind of jumping off into the craft barbecue side. Uh, those guys, they want a great product. And they want something they can rely on. They want something that's available to them. They want something, you know. But also at the same time, I get involved in stuff that they get involved in. So I go to the festivals and I go to the events. I know most of all these guys. And most of these guys will trust me if I say, hey, you really need to give this a try. Mm -hmm. And then I know the next question is going to be, all right, great. Now where do I get this from? Right. You know, and we're trying to work with uh, food service companies right now to be able to get that product out there. Again, if those guys trust this product, there's no reason why a backyard guy wouldn't. Sure. You know, uh, the only restriction that we have on that, again, is mentality. You know, mm-hmm. if they go and buy a $20 pit from, you know, Academy, 
it's pretty hard to spend twenty dollars, you know, on this because some guys go, "Well, I can buy a pit every single time I buy this <laughs> stuff." You know, this is only four dollars. You know, whatever. Right. I get that. That's fine. That's a mindset. Exactly. Just like you said, education will help that, but but that's probably not your customer. No. You know what I mean? No. Right. So you probably don't want that business anyway. No, you can catch a fish on a cane pole. You know that. Yeah. You know, but if you really want to catch a good fish, you got to have the right tools. So speaking of applications and so forth, uh-huh. I think my first introduction to Fogo was actually at uh, Robert Lerma's backyard party. Yeah. And they had the mill scales out there, and but it was being utilized. One one was being used for almost like a flat top type of thing right. for burgers, so super high heat. I think Patrick was doing uh, hot dogs on the on the end there, and he was you know kind of yep. you yep. Know, doing it that way. We had a green egg going as well, which mm-hmm. was really kind of cool. What were what are some of the you know applications that you've seen? Like you know like mm-hmm. um, who's using the the jumbo lump for that long cook? Yep. Yep. You know that sort of thing. And not to play favorites or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, I yeah mean, no na- name dropping. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, I mean right now we have guys uh, like in our our super premium lump. That's a, that's a huge lump. It's mm-hmm. big. Uh, but we have guys who like to run that in, uh, who are running offset cookers. Mm-hmm. So they want to go ahead and, and they can put a little bit of that in their offset cookers, like in a Jambo or, you know, or even get into a bigger vault cooker or something like that. And that, that's a great product for that. Um, majority of the folks right now, again, uh, you know, drum cookers, I do a lot of stuff with uh, um, Gateway, which Gateway, uh, Tim Shear. Uh, he's the guy who he's got gateway drums, but he's also got uh, Blues Hog products. Now he, Blues Hog, he's got his own charcoal line, you know. But I actually run his drums, you know, and I spend a lot of time with him, you know. <laughs> and we actually, you know, I've been running it in in my drum, you know, that he made, whatever. And um, and it's just ridiculous, you know, with with the time that you can get out of that, you know, on those things because now drum cookers. You can get those, and they can run 20 hours on, you know, on like eight pounds of charcoal, mm. you know. And uh, then when you put this other stuff, this more premium charcoal in it, you're even pushing those boundaries even further, or you're running less product in them, you know. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of advantages and alternatives and, you know, and everything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but then you have, right now I'm involved with SCA, so the State Cook-Off Association. Uh, probably one of the biggest growing barbecue sports out there. Hmm. A thousand, you can win a thousand bucks cooking a ribeye. Hmm. You know, you show up, uh, you're gone for half a day. Uh, you basically yeah, it's a quick cook, isn't it? They provide you the steaks. <laughs> hmm. uh, you know, it's as, about as level playing field as you can possibly get because everyone's cooking the same meat. Okay. Um, you bring in your own grill. Um, we have actually, you know. We I pushed for a long time trying to get everybody into cooking on briquettes for that thing. Now that I have this new product, this little 8.8 pounder, that's like the new go-to because again, bigger's not better. Right. You know, there was guys who were doing two chimneys in in a PK and you know cooking a steak. You know, you're only cooking a steak for seven minutes. Right. You know? <laughs> and um, so you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got guys who are dumping out. You know. A whole bag of charcoal, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. going to burn for another three hours. Yeah. And opposed now, we can get to a high temp. Uh, we can kind of time it. We know exactly how much we put in there. I'm cooking now with like a half a chimney of charcoal, mm-hmm. and still getting the same results. Right. Um, and again, it's a very, very neutral flavor. Mm-hmm. So it's an oak blend. So you can make that taste like anything by dropping in one little wood chunk, mm-hmm. you know. But again, consistent burn. 
you know, and all those type of things that you look at are the advantages. Now people actually have a game plan when they're going to cook, mm-hmm. you know, and we have guys who go, oh, no, I only do this, <laughs> and I have to, you know, hold my tongue this way when I do that. Right. Barbecue is very superstitious, I guess. You know, there's some people who will cook 20 briskets a day. There's some guys who will only cook one brisket a year. Right. <laughs> and those guys want to make sure, because, again, briskets aren't cheap. Now briskets are, are actually uh, 30 minutes again. That's all good. Yeah, sure, no worries. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sure the, uh, so now briskets are, are no longer 20 bucks a brisket. Right. You know, briskets are 40, 50, 60 bucks a brisket. Mm-hmm. So now you have these guys who are like super, super nervous because they got everyone coming over and they're yeah. going to cook this brisket and they're, you know, and everything else. They need that fire to act exactly how it did exactly. last time. You know, and they have the guys, you know, who are like, well, I did everything that I saw on the YouTube video and I, you know, got this charcoal and I put, you know, lighter fluid on it. I don't know why it tastes like crap. Right. Well, <laughs> for me, I mean, again, people have been making light money on lighter fluid forever. And there is a way to use it, but nobody knows how to use lighter fluid, unfortunately. <laughs> You so, know. so if people do want that education, especially uh-huh. with Fogo Charcoal, yep. I know that I think on YouTube, I think I saw you working with somebody and y'all you were going through like Aaron Franklin's book or something. Yep. It was it was really kind of cool. I, oh, I watch everything on like 1.5 speed. Yep, so yep. like it's just, brrr, yep, you know, yep. um, but if they're if they're looking for that information so that they can at least know what they're getting into before they buy it. Correct. Where can they find that information? So they can actually just go to our website. Uh, we've got links up on our website at fogocharcoal.com. Uh, but we have Sebastian, and that's one of the things I really, really love about the president of our company, is he is a barbecue freak. <laughs> so um, he loves everything. And, like, Aaron Franklin's like, one of his idols. You know, I've had Sebastian Austin a few times, and, you know, I, I took him to one of Lerma's parties, actually, and he's like, oh, is Aaron going to be there? Is Aaron going to be there? Like, Aaron doesn't, like, show up at all these right. barbecue things. He's, you know, there's certain people who do. Aaron's not that guy. Aaron has his own things. Um, but, you know. You go it, to Aaron. Exactly. You go to Aaron. And, uh, and it's been kind of one of those things to where, you know, we spend more and more time together, and, and I understand that he's, like, super into it. You know, previously, my other company – there, you know, if I would not have done social media, there none exists. Right. You know, and that's kind of the thing is is, you know, to be able to be truly involved with what you do, mm-hmm. it shows. You know, and like I said, and there's a whole different respect for individuals. I think that when uh, you actually, you're just not out there selling it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish that I could go home and just take my hat off. And I was done for the day. Turn it off. They don't happen. You know, I get home and I've got calls coming in from Australia, where I've got calls coming in from you know overseas somewhere. You know, and you know my wife's eyes just are rolling twenty four seven. You know, but like you said, it just there's never a downtime for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always something barbecue related. There's always some some body barbecue related. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, like I said, we're, we're trying to grow something that's going to be, again, special and great. And, you know, I've always been a big proponent of, uh, you know, if we if we skip a generation of teaching them how to barbecue. Right. It'll, it'll be forgotten, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, I was I did not grow up cooking. 
So, you know, I it was a fluke thing that I ever started barbecuing. <laughs> you know, and as I've kind of progressed is I came from the old school that we learned from mistakes, not from, you know, just throwing on a video and, mm-hmm. and learning how to do it. Right. Now, that's great today. Yeah. But again, talking about what, you know, what you're talking about is understanding how to do things. The resources out there are stupid. I mean, because there are so many things that you could go out there and, you know, and get from every single manufacturer's got great tips and tricks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we got guys like uh, like Cosmo out there. Who Cosmo, believe me, I think he's got one of the best YouTube channels out there right now that's barbecue related. Uh, you know, he's, you don't have to love barbecue to love Cosmo type <laughs> of deal. Um, you know, Malcolm, he's pretty straightforward, hardcore barbecue. Uh, and then there's there's 500 other guys out there who are all pretty knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of yahoos out there that you know, <laughs> like I said, that is it's hard to take serious sometimes. But everyone's got information. But give yourself a ton of credit too, because I mean, not to bring up BNB, but you became mm-hmm. synonymous with with BNB or whatever the hell that word is. Synonymous. Yep, yep. Thank you. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, but <laughs> we knew what that you comes meant. that comes with knowing what these guys are looking for Correct. you know and it's it's being able to talk to the to the pit masters and, and talk on an educated level like hey look i know what this is going to do to your cook Correct. and we've seen it you know even on your instagram and so forth yep, where yep. it's like hey you've got tips and tricks so like when you go yep. home you're probably answering q and a's yep. you know for people like hey this is what happened to this or like hey why did my fire do this exactly. and you've got to know that you can't exactly. just you can't just have a product where it's like, okay, I sold you the whatever. I, yeah. I, I sold you the, the cooker. Mm-hmm. Now I'm done. You know, and that probably yeah. what se- separates Joey from those who want to be in that business, right? Because yeah. you have the comp background, mm-hmm. you've been selling it, yeah. you get the you get the hands on experience. Mm-hmm. Your son's involved in a day and night, yeah. Yeah. day and night. Your wife's rolling rolling her eyes nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you guys live the barbecue life. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, so through all of that. Through the sales, uh, the marketing, the branding, the education, uh-huh. nonstop education, where do people buy your products? So, again... If I wanted to go buy, where would I go? So, for you, you jump in your car and you just run right down to, you know, Texas Star Grill. Um, luckily, right as soon as I kind of came on board with uh, with Fogo, uh, one, of the, one of the things that happened in, like, crazy motion was we did get into Ace Distribution, like, right away. Okay. So uh, we're going into Ace Distribution. It's going to take a little while. In Texas, yes. I'm assuming? Well, no, 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 it's going to be coast to coast. Okay. So, so you um, got into the warehouse. That's huge. Right. <laughs> so we're there. Um, now it's going to be people who have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Not every store is going to stock it, uh, but it is available. You can even go online, order it, to ship the store. So I was going to mm-hmm. say, do you sell it online, like your website? We do. do you so sell we it on have, Amazon? We do you sell, sell it on our website. We sell it on Amazon. And uh, and really, that's kind of it. I mean, we're going to start doing like some Facebook marketplace type of stuff. You sell it on Amazon. What else do you need? Well, here's the deal. Is when I looked at some options of going to work for someone, I was not looking at going to work for a charcoal company. I was looking at something barbecue related. I knew I wanted to stay in the industry, but I didn't, really didn't know what. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that A, leaving B&B and going to another charcoal company, was people were going to have doubts in why I was doing things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I feel that, you know, every once in a while, you know, people are like, ah, well, you pushed that, now you're pushing this. Well, I mean, there's other things that, underlying things that happened 
but mainly it was because I mean we just want to go in two different directions. Yeah. I want something special. They just want to be everywhere. I get it. You know, so mm-hmm. you know when when we happen to do this, I did a lot of research into a lot of companies, even deeper than what I already kind of knew. And one of the main things that just really kind of caught me off guard was Fogo Charcoal was number one rated charcoal for like three or four years on Amazon. Hmm. Okay? To be able to have that, buy it, ship it to your house and all that, not cheap. Yeah, I'm sure. But the other thing, when I go in, because I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon, (laughs) I go through and look at all the reviews. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is because ceramic guys pretty much know everything. So they are, I mean, they are scientific as it comes. And if there's anybody who's going to debunk anything that you're going to say, it's going to be them because they know the science behind it. Those guys love Fogo. And they were the ones who really, really pushed the big lump charcoal. That is why Fogo has had the success that it has because of that ceramic market. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for us to grow more. Yeah. Now when you're sending a bag of charcoal across the country to someone, they're getting it, they're loving the product, they're not complaining that it's all crumbles at the end of the bag Mm -hmm. because the product is, it's a better product, it's denser, it's, you know, it's packed better. Um, That's why there's no issues with that product. Cool. And so at the end of the day, when I saw that, I go, man, I said, there's no way because (laughs) I try to stay away when with my previous company, they kept wanting to do mail order stuff. And I was like, mm, nah, I don't want to do it. Yeah, because the it's agitation, gonna, the beat gonna, up the product, it shows up in crumbles. And, our reviews, mm-hmm. because that's the number one thing. You know, it's hard enough just buying the last bag on the pallet, right. much less, you know, you know, one that you just put through in a box and shipped across the country. Right. I knew what you were going to have when you got mm. it to the house. Yeah, right. And we just didn't want to risk that. Sure. So not to speak for Fogo, but would it be advantageous? So like, this podcast is to help create a relationship from the listener to a product or to you know a restaurant or anything along those lines to help fogo grow if Uh if they love the product just like i can walk into a specs and say hey look i want this sort of wine they can order it and 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 get it you know next day or something like that but that also puts it on the shelf for somebody else to try exactly would ace hardware be probably one of the best outlets for that so that they could help the store owners put a great product on there because a lot of these are independently owned family owned Ace hardwares as as much as people think it's a big company they are franchises right but then it also helps put it there so that somebody else can pick up a bag you know and and it doesn't it doesn't take much for them to get another shipment you know uh coming in correct as far as ace hardware goes no no no. you're 100 percent. you know ace kind of works like um, you know, once you make it into their distribution, mm-hmm. that's like, I mean, that that's an achievement. That's your golden right. ticket. <laughs> but in the meanwhile, you know, you are you're, you're kind of on probation, yeah. kind of. So <laughs> yeah. the, once a, once you get it there, well, then it's got to sell. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not their job to sell your product. Right. So you still have to get out there, and we actually have a marketing team. So I said before that um, I wasn't used to having a team. I actually do have a team now. So we actually have some people who help me. Uh, we actually have Salesforce. We actually have, you know, I only do Facebook now. That's it. <laughs> Facebook's my jam anyway. So, you know. And, and That's honestly, your generation. The, it's my generation, but I think that and mine more, too, by the more way. barbecue guys, I mean, they, they do Insta and they, they follow Twitter and all that, but that's where they that's where they all talk mm-hmm. is on Facebook. Yeah. It really is, I believe. 
And if you, if anybody who's followed me, uh, you know, every time that I go to an event or I go on a trip or I do whatever, I try to post a video every trip. You know, if it's one day, two day, three day, whatever. Um, sometimes I'll get lazy and roll them all in one. But, um, you know, I try to give everyone the experience of where I've been and what I'm doing. You know, because my I don't have a set schedule as far as I – I mean, I have things that I've got on my calendar. Uh, they may get switched around, right? may have stuff to dump in front of them. But I always look at something as an opportunity. So if I see an opportunity or somebody goes, hey, they're going to do this at this particular store – you probably ought to be there. I'll jump in the truck and I'll go. Mm-hmm. You know, and it may put other things on hold or it may push things, you know, yeah. cramped or whatever. But my thing is, is I think that you have to seize the opportunity, especially with what we're doing today, because again, I don't have a, a set marketplace right now. I want to become uh, the number one product in a specialty store. Um, I do not want to be the number one seller in Walmart. Uh, but I do want to be the number one go-to in the specialty side of it. Now, we consider Ace to be a specialty store because Ace Hardware, opposed to any other stores like, like that Like a do-it-best right or... They know. are like super, super barbecue forward. Mm-hmm. So the buyers of those segments I know very well, and they know how big this animal is. We were in a store, uh, there's a Westlake store in uh, St. Louis, that they have 3,000 square foot dedicated to barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous when you uh, walk in there, <laughs> you know, and they have every single thing that you can imagine is there, you know, but you have these things in the industry which are like necessities. And then you have the other stuff that's like somebody's going to go buy for Father's Day right. for somebody, <laughs> you know. So there's a lot of gimmicky stuff, but there's a lot of really great products. And Ace has recognized that, and they bring a lot of great products in, whether it's pits or seasonings or charcoals or anything else. We're very happy that we're in there. Um, we're going to do our best job to you know, to be able to become a permanent fixture there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have to have help from individuals out there you know, to give the products a try, uh, to let those managers see that the product keeps selling or getting reordered right. uh, in order to, to do that. I hope that this time next year, uh, will actually be on planograms uh, for next year because that's like a huge thing. If you've ever been to like Walmart or anywhere else and you see a piece of paper taped to a a uh, to a rack in a store and they'll see the it's a, like a diagram of everything that they put in the stores and some of that's done regionally, some of that's done nationally, um, but whatever is on that paper is gospel hmm. and that's like the whole goal for any. Uh, product out there is to be on a planogram. Mm-hmm. It's once you're on a planogram, you've made it, you know, and uh, that means that they literally have to keep that stuff in stock all the time. So go out, ask for it, yes, get it going, and everything like that. Correct, correct. Well, Joey, I cannot thank you enough for mm-hmm. taking all this time. Yeah, uh, you know, taking time out of I know a super busy schedule and yep, everything. Yep. Did you um, even sleep? I know. Did you I sleep at all? Not much. Yeah. Yeah. Not much. You look good. I try. You're fresh. To. I try. Fresh to. and clean. <laughs> um, if you could just give everybody your Instagram handles and uh, where they can follow you, so that they can follow those stories that you talk so much about. Sure. Go ahead. So basically, uh, for me, is we've got a couple of channels. Of course, we have our Fogo <laughs> channel. We we run. Uh, we've got it just Fogo charcoal. So mm-hmm. at Fogo, um, and 
then on my personal side, which I do everything kind of, I share on mine and Fogo's back and forth, is, you know, we've got our Guadalupe Barbecue Company page. Uh, we've got Thai Machado Barbecue page. Um, then I have my page, which is just Joey Machado. <laughs> and uh, I just started a new one, uh, which is Joey Machado Barbecue. Um, I'm trying to separate a little bit of stuff. I don't even I don't even get to see relatives anymore on any of my feeds, <laughs> so all I see is barbecue all the time. And um, but I mean that's kind of what it is. And like I said, we we try to. Uh, I know that not everyone is gonna get to go to that Memphis and May or that Royal or that Jack or whatever. Um, I've been lucky enough over the last couple of years to be with. The guys who've won them, you know, with the Fred Robles and, you know, with, um, you know, just with um, uh, Tim Shear, you know, this past couple weeks ago at the Jack. That's fun. You know, (laughs) and it's, like I said, and it's, I've always told some people, you know, even though we compete a little bit, we don't compete as much as I'd like to. Mm -hmm. um, But at the end of the day, somebody we know is going to win. You know, it's somebody we can be happy for. Yeah. And uh, deep down, I mean, I, I still believe that that's the whole reason that I do this is for those people. You know, my dad used to get after me a lot when I was younger because I'd always do stuff for people, you know, and, it, and he'd always be like, why do you do that for them? You know, they're never going to do anything for you. Uh, barbecue life is different. Yeah. Uh, when you do something for someone, it does come around. Sure. And they, and they don't forget it. So. Well, it's awesome. So we've seen your product at a lot Thank of the you. cook-offs and things like that. Everybody's spoken very well about you as an individual, whether no matter that. what you were representing or even yep. if you were just there, just hanging out. Um, yep. So it's been it's been really cool to get to know you even more. Appreciate um, it. So thank you again for coming on the mm-hmm. podcast. For all of our listeners. Go out, check out the YouTube channels, go grab yourself a, a freaking bag and, and give it a try. It'll last, you know? So, yeah. So. It's a, a good friend of mine, our videographer, Mark Suarez, says, Fogo or no go? Hey, that's a good tagline right there. Hashtag Fogo or no go. Fogo, no go. Joey, thank you, man. Thank you. I we, appreciate it very much. We enjoyed it. We'll uh, see you soon. Yes, sir. As always, to our listeners, like and subscribe. Five stars, five stars. Fogo or no go. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com.